Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there. Welcome to the show. November 2-2-2021. Good God, is November 22nd when JFK was killed? <laughs> just, just to, you know, revisit past horror in American history. It might have been because my parents' anniversary is November 23rd, and I remember it was their 20th anniversary. And there was no celebration. We were in shock. Oh, dear. Hello. How you doing? I was sitting in our den here and trying to do the third jigsaw puzzle I brought to while away the hours. And Susan was sitting across from me um, on her iPad. And she looked up and said, not guilty. All counts. Not guilty. All counts. And even though I'd been saying that that's sort of what I was expecting, and I was hardly alone in that, I was, I was just dumbstruck. I What followed was a lot of ranting and screaming. My brother was here too. We were all just, my brother pronounced the end of uh, the country. That's it. We're done. And uh, nobody disagreed with him. And even now, what, three, four days, three days later, four days later, I can't remember. I, I still, I, those of you who are, who have the capacity for hope, God bless you and uh, hope you're right. What little hope I have. I hope there's that my view of what is happening in this country now at a dizzying speed is uh, is anything but, but fatal to our democracy. It's really something. So house. I mean, my God, guys, here I am in this godforsaken state of my birth, and in a few days I'll drive back, skirt Waukesha, that's on the Fox River that I can almost see from my, where I'm sitting right now. Fox River flows into Green Bay and Lake Michigan here at Green Bay. Waukesha sits on it. And the horror that happened there, which I still have, I don't know if they've given any indication of what particular insanity, lunacy, hatred uh, begot that carnage. But it's just... 
constant. It's constant, isn't it? Hard to get away from, guys. Which is why I want to right now share with you, and I want to thank Kurt. Kurt is uh, is a member of this audience, and uh, he's been deluging me with uh, stuff. And it's it's all pretty wonderful. I was going to do a, an easygoing one that he sent, but come to think of it, seeing as I've been talking about Rittenhouse without ever saying the name, um, Kurt sent this. It's a poem, and it's written by a man called Brian Bilston. And I, it's short, but I'm going to read it as I think it pretty much sums up where we're at. England is a cup of tea. France, a wheel of ripened brie. Greece, a short, squat olive tree. America, a gun. Brazil is football on the sand. Argentina, Maradona's hand. Germany, an oompa band. America is a gun. Holland is a wooden shoe. Hungary, a goulash stew. Australia, a kangaroo. America is a gun. Japan is a thermal spring. Scotland is a highland fling. Oh, better to be anything than America. Done. And you know, that's, that's, I was thinking, what? That is the difference. That is one of the huge differences that has pulled this country in the direction and onto the path that, that we're on now. And that is, the worship of guns, unlike any other nation. And unfortunately, ensconced in our Constitution, right below the freedom of speech and religion, the right to bear arms. And I often say that Republicans play the long game well, they do. Their side always does. And that's what the NRA has been doing for years and years and years, doggedly. Doggedly. Making sure through intimidation of legislators and Congress people and political candidates of all stripes and parties that a vote against guns will end their political aspirations. And they've whittled away the fact that the definition of self-defense, which was at the heart 
of the Rittenhouse trial (laughs) has been twisted into a grotesquerie because of the NRA-backed laws that have passed legislature after legislature in our country. There used to be an understanding of a duty to retreat, where there used to be a much higher bar for self-defense or feeling threatened. All of a sudden, because of the NRA, and because everybody's carrying a gun, everybody has reason to feel threatened all the time. And what's interesting is the people who are carrying the guns say they're the ones who feel threatened. <laughs> that was that's always part of the, even the Arbery case. I've I've heard this, and in Rittenhouse, you hear it. I had my gun, and I was afraid he was going to take it from me. So they carry guns, and then they say they feel threatened. Well, I got news for them. Their carrying of guns makes me feel very threatened. But because we live in a country now in which everybody's carrying one, apparently, uh, the threat is constant. And so we're just going to keep shooting each other. Or our latest weapon of choice, driving our cars into groups of uh, people, whether they're celebrating uh, happily uh, a Christmas uh Parade, or whether they are engaged in First Amendment protected protest. Wow. So the verdict in Rittenhouse puts us on this horrific path of. Uh, Vigilantism. He was a vigilante. He decided he was going to Kenosha to protect businesses and people. I ask you, isn't there um, something called a police department whose job it is to protect the businesses and people. I know there's one in Pittsburgh. I know there's one in Kenosha. Every little city's got one. That's what police departments are for. We deputize people to do that kind of work. But now we're we're returning to just flat out vigilantism carried out by obviously constantly terrified and threatened human beings, most of whom are white males. The number of uh, vigilante incidents, there are people who compile these kinds of data, 
since the killing of George Floyd, there have been almost it's like eight hundred. This list has eight hundred eighty-six vigilante incidents. I mean, you could probably give or take a score here or there. And these incidents are incidents in which right-wing folks intimidated or assaulted protesters. Protesters probably with our... Since George Floyd, 886... if Rittenhouse is one of those, I have no idea. Arbery doesn't fit into a vigilante incident like that because it's not, they didn't go after that poor man because he was protesting something. He was just jogging. But a black man doing anything in a white neighborhood is perceived as a threat. So we are in an age now where there will be this continuing, uh, it's just going to keep happening. These self-appointed, itchy-fingered, trigger-happy members of the peace will be. And the thing is, the police are on their side all too often. The police and these vigilantes consider each other patriots. Who somebody wrote something. I'm trying, I'm looking for it. Somebody wrote something that's intelligent. Um, that to, to the point, and, and this is it. Why would the city of Kenosha, for that matter, the state of Wisconsin, knowing in advance that there was going to be these protests, why would they allow groups of self-appointed militia, including boys, our rifles, why would the police allow that? Because technically, the police, as I said before, should be doing that job. And this person wrote that if we do not have the forces at the local level, the state level, or the federal level to keep our streets safe and orderly, then we have started down a path to anarchy. Because governments who have caved, who have ceded that job 
to vigilantes, paramilitary groups, brown shirts, gangs, whatever, to control their streets, well, they generally haven't ended up too peaceful, healthy, or well. And so when I see these men, mostly, these Rittenhouse types, I see, um, I see brown shirts, late 20s and early 30s Germany. I see the thugs starting through intimidation and action, beginning to terrorize parts of the populace while making other parts of the populace feel safer. Doing the job the police are supposed to do. So this is the your America now. And it it is back to the wild, wild west. Although even in the wild, wild west, I mean, if any of those movies we all grew up on were correct in any way, a lot of those Western towns, you had to give your gun up if you were staying. And your gun over. Can you imagine that happening in this America? We're going to live in an age of vigilantism where any self-appointed thug gets to play cop judge, jury, and executioner, and then become a hero. Scary. Scary. And then this whole kind of sense of threat and menace. You see that it's taken over the Republican Party, even in the halls of Congress. So that West, the uh, murder of another member, the GOP stands behind Gosar, stands behind him. So that the Republican Party is now saying it's okay. It is not something you would censure. What is wrong with somebody, one of ours, calling for the death of one of yours? Especially in this environment in which we see the death threats against political figures have just skyrocketed. And those threats are overwhelmingly coming from the right, directed at people, even even Republicans, who are not in total lockstep. So this whole idea of the Republican Party as, as now willingly, openly, by their vote with the Gosar censure, showing that intimidation and menace is just fine with them.
It's something. It really is. Milton has sent me something. Let me read it. Written by a man named Kenneth McCain, who says, I'm a combat veteran. Just my perspective. But if you arrived armed to a place where violence is happening, prepared for violence, and you engage in violence, there is no self-defense. You are, in fact, a willing combatant. If you do this without being sanctioned by a government outside of a combat zone, you are also, in fact, a terrorist. We had another word for armed civilians operating outside the military as well. Insurgent. If your recourse to the terrorist is to look up the criminal history of the victims, it is no different than looking up the criminal past of everyone that died on 9-11 in order to justify the hijackers. This kid was illegal all the way around. This is ridiculous. Well, it might be ridiculous, but then America is now. Has been for some time. Ridiculous. Because this is who we are. Because what we are, this is where we are. Guns. NRA. And I know I'm not in Pittsburgh right now, but I've been following the news. There was a murder four blocks from my house this weekend. A child killing another child, teenager. Got in the head. But that wasn't all. Man, violence erupting this weekend. Uh, all over Allegheny County. I can't open up the thing, but if you guys are there, you know it. Shooting here, shooting there, dead here, dead there. This is our present, and it will be our future. I'm always making fun of Nextdoor, but Nextdoor, uh, when the shooting near my house occurred, Nextdoor went nuts. People said, I just heard, I heard, I'm sure it was gunfire. I'm sure it was, did you hear gunfire? And they're all, yes, we heard that. And then some people are saying it might be, uh, fire, you know, it's always firecrackers. And I, I, I want to say, you folks who shut off firecrackers for whatever reason. In an age when guns are going off at an alarming rate, I would think uh, firecrackers are um, unnecessarily provocative and unsettling now in their own right. Not to mention all the poor dogs and animals that get terrified by them. But, yeah, was that a firecracker? Was that fireworks? Was that, was that a gun? Well, the question we uh, find ourselves asking, and more and more, the gun. 
Unbelievable. Gun happy. Hey, apropos of, well, all the guns made me think of, and this guy said he was in the military. Um, I have a question, and and one of you has got to help me here because it's been bugging me. Um, I did watch football. My mom's a football nut, so we watched. I watched the Packers lose. I watched the Steelers lose. But the thing that's been interesting and made making me puzzled is what's with the what's with the it's usually the coaches uh, Tomlin. Uh, the Green Bay. What's with the coaches wearing like this camo stuff? I mean, you know, coaches used to be in their colors usually. I mean, they had on team stuff. What's with this camo inserting itself on the sideline? It's not enough to have jets fly over and flags all over the place and saluting our military and all that kind of Stuff, but now coaches and others on the sideline are wearing camo. Sure looks like camo. What the hell is that? I need an answer. Feel free to call or email, okay? Show at gmail.com. Bob's reminding me that the only positive thing about it that happened, at least sports-wise, and that's true, is that uh, the University of Pittsburgh Panthers won their football team. It's a good team. Amazing talent on that team. Won the ACC Coastal Division Championship. And uh, they'll be playing for the ACC Football Championship uh, a week from... Saturday. Uh, wait, what, 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 what? I'm not reading all this. I, it, this is all a little much for me. Okay. It'll be broadcast on ABC. God forbid game of entered a few years ago. Oh, God forbid the game will be followed by a TV special that I ranted about a few years ago. The great Christmas light fight. Oh my God. I remember that. I said, what is it? I know. Don't tell me that's an ongoing thing, that Americans make a competition out of everything. So this was, there was a whole show about Christmas tree light, the Christmas tree light fight. Now stop and think about putting Christmas and fight in the same title. There's nothing a little off to you about that. <laughs> what? Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Christmas. And in this commercialized, grotesque culture, we make fights out of who's got the best decorations. God almighty. Okay. Oh, thank you, Jonathan. Right. 
It's part of a salute. In week nine of the NFL, fans noticed that coaches were wearing camo on the sidelines. Oh, uh, well, yeah. So where's it get me that? Okay, here it is. It's because the NFL's salute to service campaign is underway. It's in its 11th year, and it generates millions of dollars for the league's military nonprofit partners. Uh, all right. Uh, don't like. I'm sorry. Why does there always have to be this this reminder? I don't know. God dang. Well, because we're a gun nut, military nut society, and count me as somebody who can't stand it. Sick of it. Do all the coaches, or not, not all, but ours was. Says Belichick usually refuses to do any of this crap. Well, I don't want to hold him up as an exemplar of anything. Jeez, I don't know. So that's why, and I thank you. I knew I'd get an answer. And I have a caller. Hello? Good morning. Oh, hello. Go ahead. Hey, hey re- remember when the cops used to be for gun control? No. Oh, I well, I remember that. they were for. Now wait, I remember they were against uh, some the armor-piercing bullets. Uh, some cops came out against that. <laughs> but no gun control. I don't think so. I, I think mean, well, the overlap between cops. And vigilantes is just—it's uh, huge. But I seem to remember back in the '80s and early '90s that you know they were worried about the citizenry having these sophisticated firearms and killing them. Some and cops I don't, were. Well, I the minority. Um, back 20, 30 years ago, I thought that no, well, 30, 40 years ago. That was more the general attitude you got from from police chiefs. And maybe I'm remembering wrong, but I thought they really were concerned about gun control. You know, well, about, and, it might and have been, that but they, yeah, not that anyway yeah. anymore. That's right, right, right. So maybe I think the numbers were you know weighted uh, differently than they are now. But no, the intersection and uh, you know Venn diagram of. Uh, of vigilantes, Trumpism, right-wingers, anti-vaxxers, and white nationalists, and law enforcement is unbearably uh, obvious to me now. So we're just headed in a in a scary direction. Hey, I but yeah, used to be, I, you know, and that sounds like another lifetime ago, and it was. It's how old you are. Well, well, I'm sixty, but uh, I. Yeah, I was just wondering also, like right now, I'm with you. I'm, I'm like, 
yeah, we're doomed. Oh my gosh, your democracy is going to be over with soon. But at some point, you know, and maybe you've already done this um, emotionally and intellectually, is at some point we've got to like just let it go and let the younger people figure this out just like we did, just like generations before that, because, you know, as long as we don't go into a full-blown autocracy, you you, I'm hoping there will be a, a strong resistance and people are going to say enough is, is enough. We're, we're, we're not doing this anymore as long as the very powerful and wealthy don't seize control of our government, which they seem to be doing for the moment right now. Um, you know, we always we always talk about the greatest generation, you know, and and you know, and they you know they suffered the, the you know they we got through the depression and World War II and came out number one, blah blah blah. But they also brought us the atomic bomb, and we have you know global warming and everything. They were else. also and, fine with Jim Crow, and uh, I mean you know, and keeping women that. in their place. And it listen, be, people, I don't know. Listen, this idea that one generation is laudable and another generation is not is bullshit. Yeah, um, exactly. But give, we, give, we I come, think... My father's generation was born into a challenging time, and they had a choice, uh, you know, uh, give up or fight. They fought. They also were made of stronger stuff as a result. It was after they won and came back that the consumerism, uh, American economy started humming and we turned into consumers. And that begot a weakening of our character and a weakening of a whole lot of stuff. Hey, I got another caller, so I'm going to, it's so rare. And I have been in my gentleman caller. Our kids have to. You, it's, well, it's they will hand off the thing because, like, uh, like your generation or my but, generation, where we're, we're like, um, yeah, no, I, we need to stay uh, in but, the fight. But, 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 but we can't we, hand off. We did good and bad things, okay. and we 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 had some improvements. We took some step backwards, but and now it's now it's time for the the kids. This is their challenge, yeah. and, and that's right. that's my only hope. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Pretty skinny there. Okay. Bye. It is skinny. Bye. bye. Yeah. Bye. Hey, uh, hello? We have a caller? Hello? Oh, come on. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> I had a caller. He hung up on me. All right. Uh... Okay, so I you know, talking about the next generation. Uh have you seen that there um there's all these articles about out about uh they're on. Why aren't they talking? I don't know. Hello, you're on. Talk talk talk. You can't hear me? Hello, hello. Well, I don't know. Zach is saying, I don't know, they're on. Well, it's my it's my mute gentleman caller. Is Jonathan told it's Jonathan? Hello? Hello? Hello, Jonathan. Hello. All right, I'm sick of this. 
That's all. Never mind. Goodbye. Uh, number of articles over the weekend, all jumping off of the same report, I assume. Uh, now I have another caller. <laughs> well, should I believe you or not? Hello. Hey. Hello, hey. Lynn. Your phones are all screwed up. They um, are. Uh, yeah. yeah. Police and gun control. Real quick, because I got to run out the door. Police and gun control. Ronald Reagan, as governor of California, signed bills banning open display of guns and stuff. Uh-huh. But that was not directed at fat white guys in camos and ball caps. No, that was, that was when... the Black Panthers. Exactly. When black so... people start taking the Second Amendment seriously, oh, yeah, then you get gun control. That's right. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. And even Ronald Reagan signed that. Yeah. So. Yeah, okay. sure. Black men with guns? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's not what they're talking about when they say, yeah, I saw the little Rittenhouse kid crying on TV. I'm sure that's because when he went there, he wasn't expecting to shoot some white people. He was expecting to shoot some black people. He was very <laughs> sad. No, nah, there weren't any black people to shoot. Just a bunch of white guys. I right, saw I a picture. Oh, oh. Okay, bye. 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 Okay, bye. I saw a picture today, where I saw it, of a some kind of a protest in Kenosha. And the picture showed a black man and his teenage daughter. They were in the forefront of the picture, and uh, they looked real serious. And they both had big ugly-looking guns. Not what I call guns. I used to call those things rifles, but whatever. You know, AR-15s, AR-722s, whatever. Those big guns. And they were surrounded by so many photographers that when I looked at the picture, all I could really, I was looking for, are there other black people carrying guns in this picture? And I really couldn't see any. But there were a million photographers And you can see that the picture chosen was, uh uh-oh, now black people are going to be carrying guns. They've been told it's okay, kind of. Well, I I really think black people should, (laughs) frankly. If anyone has a reason to feel threatened, it ain't the likes of... of, uh, little chubby Rittenhouse, murderous little wit. No. Oh. So, what do I got here? I have, I, what do I got? I got, oh, this is a funny story. Can I share a funny story? Of course I can't. I live for them. There's a woman in Michigan. And she was so mad at her ex-husband that she wanted him dead. And so she did what any woman who was mad at her husband, ex or otherwise, would do. She went online. And damn if she didn't find a site. 
called rentahitman.com. Yep, rentahitman.com. And she got on there, and wow. It said everything she put down would be confidential, that it had testimonials from satisfied customers. Um, it went on and on and on and had all this stuff, and she thought, this is fantastic. So she hired a hitman. She rented a hitman. She had to give all her information so they could send her the bill. She had to give the information of her target. That would have been her ex. And um, and then she waited uh, to be informed that uh, the service had been done. Well, actually, she was told that she could meet the guy who was going to kill her husband uh, first. And she waited for him outside a, a, a cafe in uh, southeastern Michigan. And, uh, well, I bet you know the rest of the story. Uh, yeah, uh, she was arrested. Um, and uh, she is facing uh, what looks like nine years uh, in, in, pri- in prison. And the site is there. You can go see it. Rentahitman.com. It's a fake website. And, and the guy who has the website says, it's just amazing to him how stupid people are. Because he gets people like her all the time. And what he does is he goes through the people who are looking for somebody to else. And the ones that are legitimate, I mean, they're really looking for someone to kill somebody else, he forwards them uh, to the proper law enforcement uh, officials. And uh, trying to see how many people he's, it's just amazing how many people he's uh, managed to uh, grab. Um, Let's see. I think they're going to tell me. People are still using the website to try to hire professional killers, even after it has received a fair amount of media attention. Uh, Yeah. So just want to say, Unbelievably stupid that people think <laughs> I don't know. God rentahitman.com. That site's been up uh, since 2005, and it has led to the conviction of a lot of people who were stupid enough to think that there would be. Something called. I've always what I mean in the same vein. I've always wondered why. You know, how many times have you read a story that said a person was looking for an assassin to kill their exactly this kind of a thing, and they were asking around, and they finally, you know, met the person that said they could do the job, and it always turns out that the person they're meeting is an undercover cop, right? 
So I, I always wondered. So if you go looking for a killer, how is it that it seems like 90% of the time you end up with an undercover cop or an FBI guy? <laughs> Which shows that, I mean, they're, I guess, they're positioned well to to intercept these these people. God almighty. So the thing, I, I don't think I finished my thought. Uh, this this uh, article this that got a lot of play over the weekend is that for so many young people, talking about people in their 20s and 30s, because Roger had suggested that we have to move aside and let them solve the muck and mess that we've left them. Um, I think... Uh, that we we have no right to dump it on them. I think they'll stand up and fight, of course. Uh, but I don't think we can exit. Uh, we have no right to. Uh, but they're not going to have kids. A whole bunch of them. I know my son is one of them. He cannot understand why anyone would bring a child into this world. And I have to tell you, I think the same. Now, I think that what's driving it, I assumed it was, you know, the kind of angst I have, which is uh, bringing a child into, uh, into a country that appears to be falling into uh, anarchy or uh, fascism or uh, autocracy, whatever, whatever horror um, that the Republicans have uh, have waiting for us. Uh, I just and and then of course global warming. So a child born now, and then artificial intelligence so that they'll be uh, turned into cyborgs. So what's the point? But interestingly, when you read uh, the data of why people aren't of that age deciding to have uh, children, it turns out, and this shows what a spoiled brat I am, in other words, somebody who has the means didn't occur to me that a lot of people who don't uh, intend to have children don't intend to because they say they don't have the money. That to raise a child properly, educate, feed, clothe, is such an expensive proposition in a country that does absolutely next to nothing to help uh, help bring young people up in a healthy uh, way uh, that they can't afford it. So that's the biggest. And another one is just, I don't want them. Now, those are people who are just inarticulate because they won't answer why, but also, it has to do with, um, again, money. They can't afford 
uh, medically, uh, financially, um, and a whole bunch say it's just the damn whole world going to hell in a handbasket. But the the fact is, is that uh, we are Americans and Europeans are not procreating like uh, we used to. Uh, we're just not. Um, let's see. Another thing is they don't have a partner. Because everybody's sitting, you know, we're unable to connect. That's the beginning of the, you know, the, the death of the human in us. Uh, 44% of people between 18 and 49 in America, almost half, say it is not very likely or not at all likely that they will have children. And that is uh, up from 37% who said that just three years ago. So the problem is the people who are procreating are the lunatics. That's always the case thoughtful people who actually think, is this the world I want to bring my child into? No, those people say no. Those would probably be the better parent. I don't know. I have a call. I'll believe it when I hear it. Hello? Hello? Ah, hello? Yeah. Um, why have kids when we got immigrants? We can outsource them now. We just bring in immigrants. We only have kids here. We, get, we got them coming in. And we're good for kids. We're, we don't have a shortage on people. We won't have a shortage for a while. But why worry about it? You know? That's what I say. But you know what I want to okay. say? People that say this about the atomic bomb, if you think that if we didn't have the atomic bomb, there would be world peace, you're so full of shit up your ears and through your whole body. That's the only reason we have world peace is because we have a nuke and massive destructive weapons. Because nobody screws when you got big weapons. Because we don't. Pakistan has them. And Iran, or, or Israel, Saudi Arabia, we don't screw with them because they got nukes. And that's why we got world peace, which we really don't, but we do. That's what I say about nukes, people that bitch about nukes. I don't like them. Nobody likes them. They're just a necessary evil. So that's what I think about that. People say that. Okay. Bomb. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it's been yeah, a we, mutual. We them. Think about All right, right. That. It's been a mutual deterrent, yes, and has worked in that respect for some time. Yes. But there is the the fear that, you know, these you know, a lunatic uh, bunch could make off with uh, some of oh, these, yeah. you know, when these, co- yeah, back. I mean, you've got, and, you know, Pakistan's got a, 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 a bomb. India has a bomb. Those two hate each other's guts. All you yep. need is, you know, one trigger happy lunatic, um, like Donald Trump, who famously asked, why, didn't he say, why don't, if we have, why don't we use them? We've got them. Well, yeah. Yeah. So 
Who knows? Uh, but another I, thing I wanted I to hear say you. is, um, why does the news media and people in general act like this is the first time a white guy killed black people and he got off? It's been going on forever. I know. Or he, killed. Was it, were they both white or black? I can't remember. Everybody was white. He killed white okay, they were people. White. Well, anyway... Like this time, these other guys, I think there's a black guy who ran away with a jogger. If he gets off, I hope he doesn't. But the media act like the first time it ever happened. I mean, that's just on the act on TV sometimes. Like it's been, it's been gone forever. I, I mean, you know, I just turned it on, on for. I couldn't watch any of the any of the coverage I, I read i read about it it's it's, yeah, it's bad enough I mean. reading bad yeah. enough to read about it rather than have it sifted through the uh you know the visuals and the uh, breathless uh, reporting of uh, of commercial media so oh that oh. People used to say freedom isn't free. That war or somewhere there that where we fought for our freedom. freedom. Somebody else's freedom, but we never fought for our freedom. There was never once during World War Two, and this is documented by historians, people that that Hitler had the capability to come in the United States. But I understand why we did what we did. We had to do it. But I, I just I, history gets so screwed up. It, this just drives me nuts, and I hear that all the time. Oh, if we wouldn't have done this, we'd have... no. You know what? It would have lasted a little bit longer. It would have ended. It was ending anyway. But they won't tell you that. They had this same glossed-over history book bullshit that I believed forever until last reading. Yes. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, obviously. Um, okay, you. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate okay, it. Okay, thank Bye. you. Goodbye. Bye. Okay. I'm trying to. Okay. My, my dog is threatening to cause a hullabaloo here. Wait a minute. Um, guys, I don't know. I give up. I do. I give up. Yeah, war. You know, we're at war now and don't even realize it. The wars now are economic and technological. They happen with, you know, the hacking into things. They, the, 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 the Chinese and the Russians especially are having a field day uh, using our social media uh, to continue to divide American people. Someone actually, you know, we know that they worked it real hard uh, for Trump and were extraordinarily successful. So after now we don't have
see what's onto social media and, 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 and found, or I don't know how you do this. I mean, obviously with an algorithm of some sort and sampled all the pro Rittenhouse hashtags. Uh, and they looked at over 32,000 tweets that had been thrilled and happy with uh, Rittenhouse's acquittal and had a hashtag attached to it. Of those 32,000 thereabouts, 30,000, the vast majority of them, had what's called a disabled geolocation. But I guess the folks who know how to get around that found out that 17,000 of those were listed as foreign. And looking further, most of those were in Russia and China. So after a verdict like that and everybody goes to their corners and the social media war is on and the howling and ranting and raving and the back and forth thing. And we're still being played all the time by enemies posing as Americans. Because on social media, you can be anybody you want. And it works. So that is a kind of warfare and has been extremely successful, extremely successful. And that social media warfare is amplified by our news media that fail to account for where all this sentiment is originating all too often. Before I leave you today, I got something cute. I know we're heading into Thanksgiving, and a lot of people are, oh, wait, you know what I didn't tell you? Oh, my God. I didn't tell you. I cannot believe it. My brother's dog is found. My brother's dog was found. Five days after she disappeared, she was found in a backyard close to his house with that leash that he had left on her, tangled up in a bush, unable to get free. And thank God she had not choked herself to death trying to, but was stuck out there in someone's backyard and not a big backyard. Bill, it turns out, even knows these people. Of course she barked. Did they look? It just drives me crazy. But she's okay. She is okay. You wouldn't know anything happened to her. Tails wagging, happy as can be. That was such a miracle. So, oh, I cannot believe I forgot to tell you that. Because it seems like a long time ago now. Bill, of course, is gone. He went racing back to be with her. Um, but yeah, 
I can't believe I forgot to tell you that. The dog, there's a happy ending. And that was just wondrous. And now, I'm still going to treat you to this. And this is uh, courtesy of Kurt again. It's a, uh, it's a cartoon. And it's uh, a couple knocking on someone's door, clearly going uh, in for a Thanksgiving dinner. He's holding a bottle of wine. She's got a, a pot full of, of something. They're about to head in. And she says, the wife says this to the husband. I hope I can read this right. Just reminding him. Okay. No talking about Trump, Biden, or Obama, Pelosi, Schumer, and absent Kamala, Gosar, Gates, or Taylor Green, as well as Omar Tlaib and AOC. Bobert, Gomert, Howley are forbidden, Mansion Cinema and Hillary Clinton. Liz Cheney, Jordan, Cruz are a no-no. Liz Warren, Buttigieg, Schiff or Beto. McCarthy, McConnell, DeSantis or Pence. Let's not make this holiday tense. And you know, I realized that there must be so many people who literally are... I don't know, dreading, I guess, or tiptoeing, or both. And there will be those that don't adhere to these rules of not bringing up sore subjects in a divided nation, and I just can't imagine. I mean, I am lucky in that I will be with family, all of whom are on the same page, but I know so many people do not have that that luxury, and I can't imagine, can't imagine it. All right, my dog has eaten half a tennis ball while the show was on. It's a mess. Um, he doesn't eat them, just so you know. He rips them apart so that there's a million little pieces of tennis ball all over the floor. So I'm going to go pick that up. And uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And um, sorry, I buried the lead there. Brother's dog was found. Susan will join me tomorrow. Have a good day. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.